Lafondra looking to get cold side of Font. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it is a pretty downbeat episode we're going to have today. A one-all draw against Birmingham City, which sees us now for the first time this season in the bottom three. Can't say it's undeserved. Obviously, the points deduction has played an absolutely monumental part in that. But to help me talk through the game yesterday and the scenario and just everything that's depressing about Reading Football Club. As uh, Nick, how are you doing, Nick? Yeah, not bad. Football aside, not bad. But yeah, the football's a problem at the moment. It is it is a big issue, isn't it? And uh, Alex, how are you doing? I'm pretty fed up of hearing it's going to be a downbeat episode today, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we got a point. So that's a positive. If you employ the, like, you know, the Paul Ince world head when actually you need to get wins. I mean, I can't, I want to get into that post-match interview when he's laughing and joking Nick I mean what is that all about I mean the scenario is so bad it just feels completely out of place that he would be doing that yeah it's like it's like it's not sunk in his head that we've got dropped those six points and we're now fighting scrapping more than we were before uh, where we look probably okay even you know on 46 now we're on the, we went to 40 and it was like okay a point puts us up to 41 we dropped into the bottom three but it doesn't feel like it's sunk in that we're in the shit it's a bit bizarre really but yeah I don't know if it's what it is it's does he not care enough it does he not realize the position we're in I, I don't get it I think he no. just doesn't feel the pressure particularly That's um, unsackable isn't he in some ways That's maybe I think what so. it is. Yeah, I think it's just he doesn't really feel the pressure, so he just doesn't. It, it doesn't really affect him particularly, and mm. it, it means that his reaction is different to what you would expect it to be. Because ultimately, he doesn't like if he fails this season, they go down. He's kind of already. I mean, he said it in his interview yesterday. He's already basically told the players like if they go down this season, it's not his fault. It's not the players' fault. Mm. Like, it's the club's fault, and but- like. Yes, it, to an extent, he might be right. But also, if you haven't got enough points, you go down. That's 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 how the league works. And um, it doesn't, doesn't exist on TV either when he's come out from eight years management, you know, um, come back into it, getting stick for not being good enough. And then that relegation, whether he's done an okay job or not, however you want to see it from, from the inside at Reading or the outside from other clubs, that his CV is going to look, dreadful for having a relegation on it regardless of the situation it makes me think like care more it, you don't want that on your cv not just if you don't care about reading care for, for your cv for your reputation and sticking in management for longer it just strange i think it's always something he's had the way he comes across he seems to lack awareness of how he's perceived by others it probably a factor is that he doesn't care in general, which is fair enough. You have to have a certain amount of arrogance to be a manager and achieve what he's done as a player when he was fantastic. I don't know. It just uh, annoyed me. And I'm sure, it, you know, I tweeted out last night and I think it annoyed a lot of other people. Some people who wouldn't have bothered. You know, those people think, well, he's trying to look at it positively. And if he gets downbeat, we're all going to get downbeat. So there is two sides to it, but it pissed me off. We're all, we're all downbeat anyway, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Totally. I mean, nothing more than that is last 15 minutes, but let's get into it. Um, 
normally we do the good, the bad, and the injured. Well, good, nothing, bad, everything, injured, fucking almost everybody. So let's get into the game. Seven minutes in, we had a moment when we all saw, hallelujah, we have discovered how to play football, Nick. It just came for us for one minute, and that was it. I mean, it was a beautiful goal, though, wasn't it, from Andy Carroll and the build-up to it? Yeah, uh, it's a great goal, um, great build-up. And before that, we've been pinned back a bit in our own half. Uh, Birmingham weren't doing anything, but we were just pegged back, and it didn't look like anything was going to happen. We hadn't grown in the game, and suddenly out of nowhere, we get the ball forward. Uh, on the left, I think it's Fauna and Yeardon, Cassidy, lovely disguised pass. It shows that creativity that, that we do have outside of Tom Ince, uh, despite Paul Ince thinking otherwise. Uh, lovely inside pass to, to Jow, and it's a great flick. I don't know if he must know Carroll's there. I don't know if he's just done it spontaneously. Uh, and Carroll's just lovely finish as well. It's a really good, it's one of the best goals we've probably scored all season. Um, and one of the goals I've most enjoyed watching um, in just not even just this season, in throughout, throughout a number of seasons. It's, it's a really good team goal, great finish. Uh, but yeah, after that, I just thought we'd we'd kick on a bit, maybe go for that second goal and get the once if we get the second goal within the next twenty minutes from there, we we'd probably go on to win the game comfortably. So it's it's frustrating that we don't kick on from that that moment. Is it the team is scared, Alex, of kicking on because they're in such a dire situation, which would be kind of understandable, or is it the mentality that's been put into them by the manager? Maybe it's both. I think it's the coaching realistically i mean the situation probably doesn't help matters the fact that they don't want to you know screw it up but you're sitting at nil nil at the start of the game and you can come out and play football like that and that was a quality goal it was a really good goal really well worked goal if you're able to do that at nil nil what's the difference between doing that at nil nil and one nil yes you've got more points to lose but ultimately you're not you're not in a negative situation if you then concede. You're not losing the game, are you? So I think it, it it's a coaching thing and a, a mentality thing that they've been told to, you know, they've been told to protect a lead rather than try and attack a lead. Um, and you've seen it all season, right? Every time we go ahead, we don't look to try and kick on and kill a team off. We're always more concerned about holding on to the win and holding on to the three points and, I mean, yesterday it cost us, and it's cost us multiple times this season doing that. Yeah, and then it did cost us ultimately with the header from Djokovic, Nick. I mean, Nabisar did have a good game yesterday, but there's a massive asterisk on that, isn't it? Because there's this moment when he just is completely flat-footed. Yeah, um, I think there's a few issues with it. But like you said, Nabisar was, I thought, was really good yesterday, actually, apart from that that moment. Um which is so frustrating when he's had nearly an ex such an excellent game uh, to, to then cost the team that, that goal. Um, but it's, it's the moments before as well. We're letting Birmingham have the ball. We're letting them build it up patiently. Yeah, they didn't really threaten all game. Um, but then that cross as well. And Benge is too slow getting out to it. The cross is very good. Uh, and Djukovic is, is very good in the air. He's a, he's, a, he's a bit of a beast of a striker. And he's connected. He's a brilliant header. No chance for Lumley. Um, but yeah, Nabisar's flat-footed and he's caught out just probably ball-watching, not really anticipating Djukovic to run across him. Um, but if he's on his toes, he's going to get there and just head back away or get something on it or put Djukovic off to not connect with it because he connects with it so well, but he's not put under pressure to to mess the header up. Um, 
But yeah, so frustrating after getting in front, as we were just saying, and then not kicking on and trying to grab the second, letting Birmingham just have that ball and thinking, oh, we can, we haven't kept a clean sheet. I think we're the only team in football league not to keep a clean sheet in 2023 or something. It's And so there's no confidence in fans or players in keeping a clean sheet. So why are we letting teams, especially Birmingham are an average side, but one of them teams, I thought they were quite well set out yesterday, but they're not anything special. They're not bad, but they're not good. They're just one of them very average championship teams. Um, and to just let them have the ball like they're, you know, like they're Brazil or whatever, and us sitting back and thinking, oh, let's hold out for one nil win against a big team. It was just crazy. It's a crazy tactics, as Alex was just saying. It's the management. He's just negative mentality. And the players drilled into the players now. I think we've been doing it too long. And as we saw in the crowd, he completely flattened them. After he scored the early goal from Carroll, the atmosphere was really good. I felt the build-up to it was really good. I felt like everyone was together. But you could feel that goal coming, couldn't you, Alex? And just just knock the wind out of us completely, the team and the fans. Yeah, you could see the nerves, right? After about 15 minutes. We had a good 10-minute like spell. The atmosphere was quite loud. And it felt like the team were kind of in control of the game for, for maybe 10 minutes after the goal. But then as soon as the nerves kicked in again... Birmingham held on to the ball, like, you know, as, as Nick was saying, Birmingham just held on to the ball like they were Brazil. And it was, we couldn't get close to them. Even when we did have the ball, we were just smashing. I mean, and Bengue just smashing it long without looking up when he'd won the ball back. Um, he, he had an awful game yesterday as well. It's got to be said, um, Bengue, I'm amazed he didn't come off until when he did because for the vast majority of the game, he was really poor. Um, couldn't, couldn't keep hold of the ball whatsoever. But yeah, you could see the, the players' nerves were there. Every time they touched the ball, they just didn't, none of them wanted it after 15 minutes, even though they were ahead. It's like the confidence in them was just like completely inv invisible, um, despite the fact that they're winning the game at that point. Yeah. Um, did any of us have any hope that in the second half, Nick, that we were going to get get the win? Because I'll be quite frank, I, I thought if we didn't score in the first five or 10 minutes, that was going to be it. And it's pretty much how it worked out, wasn't it? Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Paul. Um, I think the first five or ten minutes, we might have had a couple of chances. And we should have scored, actually. Hendrick missed that absolute sitter from six. It was a corner. It should have been a corner. But he takes too long. He's, it's like he doesn't register in his head that the ball's right in front of him and he just needs to lash it home. And the defender then has the time to nick it for a corner. And the referee, by the way, was atrocious yesterday. Um, it was good he went off injured. But... Um, yeah, Hendrick should have scored. Uh, Naby Saad, the uh, uh, shot blocked from another corner. And uh, Carroll then lashes wide. He had time as well. He should have at least hit the target. And he could have composed himself more. We had chances to nick it. Um, but to be fair, like you were saying, I felt that um, Birmingham were the team that probably going to nick it. I mean, they nearly did later on through Chong. Um, but I wasn't that confident. And we're just, yeah, negative doesn't do the subs. We had Fauna on. Fauna did a job out of position. But when we need to be attacking teams at home, he should have been bringing Aziz on. I mean, he should have started him, but he should have brought him on far earlier um, than he did. And yeah, it's just negative, really. I mean, no offence to Guinness Walker. I, I'm quite pleased he came on, but I thought we'd go more attacking as a fullback rather than a winger. Um, get, you know, when he took Mate off, and Mate was awful yesterday, but he's an attacker. And he, if something falls for him, he might score. So it's just negative, really. And just, yeah. Um, I felt more like Birmingham were probably going to go and nick back 2-1. But it was, a, it was a draw game. It, it No team deserved it. No team deserved to lose. No team deserved to win. It was just frustrating to see 
that happen when we need to win. If it happened in the middle of the season, I wouldn't care. It would just be fine, whatever. It's one of them. But there wasn't enough for a team that needs to start winning games now. And I just can't see us winning. It's just, we can't keep a clean sheet. We're not scoring goals. We're playing negatively. There's no momentum. There's no confidence. It's really tough, tough couple of weeks coming up, I feel. On the subject, it worse than that, does it really? Sorry, I just want to say, firstly, Mate, I think he was definitely injured yesterday. Yeah, I think well, he's he doing um, he's in, yeah. He's in Ramadan, isn't he? And I don't know, I don't want to pin that on it, but if he's not if he's fasting, he looked off, he didn't look energetic at all. And I don't know if it was to do with it might be his rolled ankle, like they were saying, but could have been Ramadan, like just one of them where he just didn't have the energy, he just didn't look on it at all. On the on the subject, I know Nick mentioned the refereeing, it was dreadful yesterday. Um uh, I mean, I watched the highlights back this morning. I didn't really realise at the time. I didn't. I thought it was a bit, you know, a bit soft. But to be honest, I think maybe Reading should have had a penalty in the first half at one-one. Zhao gets, you know, wiped out when he's uh, almost through on goal. Um, I think it's a potential penalty. Um, but we, yeah, a lot of the refereeing yesterday was was poor. And then we just, I mean, you discussed Fawn and it. I I can kind of understand people saying he did okay out out as a as a left winger, but it it'll come up in one of the questions we we receive later on. But why we're we playing him as left winger? It, it makes zero sense, right? He's got he's a central midfielder by trade, firstly. So playing him as a left winger is maybe acceptable if he was left footed, but he's not even left footed. He's got no left foot. He can't use his left foot every single time he got the ball down and the you know in an area to try and cross the ball, he had to cut back onto his right foot or go backwards. Um, it, it amazes me that we've tried to play, you know, 65 minutes or so, 70 minutes with a right-footed left winger who seemingly has to cut back every single time. Um, yeah, so I think that it's just frustrating to watch that that kind of decision-making, like, in the starting eleven. And I agree with both of you. I think after 55 minutes 60 minutes it felt very unlikely that we were going to score anything other than a you know a fluke goal you know something from a set piece or a long shot we, we weren't going to create like a, a great chance for ourselves we we were relying on you know a moment of magic to win that game and it it, it was it just never was coming by the looks of it at no point in that second half did it look like we were creating any constant pressure even having possession in decent areas in the Birmingham half. Uh, the closest we probably came was the Aziz shot over his shoulder. I mean, that's not a miss. That's a good strike, really. He's a little bit unlucky there, I would say. But yeah, those last 10 minutes, what was going on there, Nick? I mean, we're sitting back, essentially playing for a draw in a game that isn't a completely must win. This is not the last day of the season, so we have to put it in context. But you feel like it's there possibly to win. Birmingham are not amazing, just like us. The Neva team is great. But why are we doing that? That has to be down to the manager. He, yeah. he comes out after and says it's not, but I can't believe that. It, it must be. No, it, it's got to be the manager because the team sits back as one. It's not like, oh, the defence has dropped too deep, the midfield's then dropped too deep. They've all just dropped as a unit. Uh, and then just sat back like defensively and they've not tried to attack. And I think there was one moment where Lumley goes long to Aziz 
and Aziz doesn't get it. But if he gets it, then he's got no support anyway. It was just pointless. We were trying to counterattack with just disease, and the players behind are too slow. Um, so, but we something that happened at Bristol though last weekend, yeah. where you know we countered and Mate is forward, and there's no player near him for 30 yeah. yards because we've dropped too deep. Well, he got that moment yesterday where he actually the one good thing he does is drive drive past his the defender, the, the left back, and. He's a brilliant ball across the six-yard box, but Carroll and Jow, and I was looking when he had the ball, if he goes past his man, Jow and Carroll aren't going to get there. And it's such a good ball. The nearest person to it is Hendrick. That's embarrassing. Two strikes on the pitch and no one's near that, that ball. And that's the one thing, mate, he did really well yesterday. Um, but yeah, we just sat back and it's 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 got to be the management saying, let's not lose this game. It's a vital point. But it is... Um, you know, it, it was a big opportunity to win with, with um, it's probably our best opportunity to win in the next few weeks. A home game against a team mid-table with not much to play for. We're not good away. Um, we're, we've got two top teams coming up at home. Playoff t- a team in the playoffs doing brilliant and uh, the team just got promoted. And then the last two games, they looked easy a few weeks ago. Now I'm not sure. Wigan aren't losing a lot and Huddersfield have just become... They've become Burnley. They've just turned into Burnley the last few weeks and they're pulling away with, with Colin in charge. So I'm really worried. Uh, and to sit back in that game, knowing we've got an away game and two tough home games, I'm just thinking this is a chance. This is our chance to get some momentum, get some points, ease the pressure a little bit. And yeah, we've we messed up big time, I think. And that negativity really, it makes me not want to go. I, was, I wanted to go to every, I haven't got my season ticket this year. Can't get to Burnley anyway, but I was looking at Luton and Huddersfield as not Huddersfield, Wigan as certainties for me. And now it's like, what's the point of going when they're just going to play like that? Why? Why? What's the point? I can't. How can I get behind them when, in my heart, I want to get behind them. In my head, I just can't do it. It's just they—they're not. It's not the players necessarily. It's the, the negative tactics. I think it's an interesting point about uh, you know going as a fan and getting behind them because yesterday. I think fans did get behind the team. Uh, they, you know, they were behind the team. And one thing that happened at the end of the game um, was Andy Carroll kind of remonstrating with a fan who clearly wasn't very happy. Obviously, none of us know what was said between them, but you can kind of get the gist of the fan wasn't very happy with the way that the game ended with us basically camping out outside our own box. It would be interesting to get both your thoughts as to like, is Carol in the right? Is the fan, you know, acceptable to make his comments? Uh, like, I, I, it's interesting because I think there's been varying reactions to it, and um, it would be, yeah, good to, good to see what you both think about it. I see it as sort of two ways. Um, you know, I don't know what specifically said to Carol, and you can get frustrated, but at the same time, if he's just having a little moan. I get it, the fan. I get it. Like, we all felt like that. I, you know, you get clapping the team after. I was just like, I just want to go. You know, I didn't want to wait around and it might sound bad. I didn't want to clap the players yesterday. They weren't awful. It wasn't good enough. And I felt like we gave everything yesterday as fans. We did support the team. And that's what they're asking for. And then we just didn't get enough back. And I get it that the fan, what he might have been gone over the line. We don't know what he fully said, like, like you said, like Alex a minute ago. But... Um, you know, Carol can't really start digging fans out at the same time when we we want more and we're expecting more, and then just not it's not the effort it's not the effort for me. It's the it's the, the will to win and the tempo, and it's just not there. And it's it's hard to get behind that after ninety minutes. 
yeah, I think it's hard to know without the context of what was mm. said by each side because who knows? It. I watched the video back and it looks to me like the fans having a go and I understand the frustration. It looks like he's saying they're not playing, why they're not doing this and that. And it's full time. We've had a not a disaster result, but not a good one. And then it looks like Andy Carroll goes over to him and the fan suddenly realises and then goes, oh, no, it's not you. It's not you. It's all the other players, all the other players. And I think Andy's like, he's dealing with it. And all the other fans around him, the one that's I'm giving out their comments, abuse, whatever it was, clap Andy Carroll. So I don't know what was said, but it, it looks to me like it's one of those scenarios you get like QPR got at Wigan last week. You're in a really shit position when that kind of stuff's happening, isn't it? You want to see that a, fan, a player going up to a fan when you've won stuff not the other way around because it can so easily get confrontational and it just doesn't help does it i get why both sides are frustrated though well we've gone from we've gone from not a high but we've gone from okay because of his points deduction to absolute panic mode and it's just reactionary from everyone we don't know what we're doing we haven't had to fight until now really i know we've been scrapping all season we haven't had to fight like this and it's just now the fans are reacting negatively the players are like oh get behind us It's, it's a bit of a mess to be fair but I mean, the only thing that could be worse is QPR. And although they're above us at the moment, they're, they're drowning. So that's the, the one sort of uh, positive I can think of. What worried me was Tom Holmes afterwards when he says we weren't at it. Yeah. Why thought, were you not at it? Yeah. Hang on. How's that not happened? Because uh, I think Tom Holmes has been a good player for us. But in the last few mm. weeks, and especially yesterday, he got bullied by Jukovic. He gets I, I, often, though, Tom Holmes gets bullied. And I think he has for probably the last two or three months. By players who are bigger than him, that's that's who he gets bullied by. He can't, he doesn't have. I mean, he is a big guy. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have the like the physicality to to fend off players who are bigger than him. And I mean, you you only have to watch him when the ball goes long, and he has his arm wrapped around a player every single time. Um, you know, when he's when he knows he's not going to beat them, he does do it, and it amazes me he doesn't give away more free kicks and penalties because he does it a lot. And he's, I don't think he plays necessarily that badly, but he does get, you know, he does lose a lot of, um, you know, a lot of balls in the air to, to players who are bigger than him. And he's not played well, I think, probably since he came back from his injury, unfortunately, um, yeah. which is a stark comparison because I think the first half of the season, he was really, really quite solid. No, 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 I agree. Um we're going to move on now because we have got a lot of questions to get through, which we really appreciate from people on Twitter. So I'm going to start with this one. It kind of covers a little bit, which we've done, but we can go into it more. This is from Simon Hawthorne. Why is there no fight and passion in the team like I could see at the Huddersfield game yesterday? Have we already accepted our fate? What do you think on that one, Nick? I mean, I don't think we have accepted it. I think the players are trying but it's just so hard. There's a combination of factors which have come in, which are really hard yeah. to deal with. But that last yeah. 10 minutes just was nothing. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the Huddersfield highlights back, if I'm honest. Um, but they've got Neil Warnock and he is, we've, we've all seen him over the years. We've all seen clips of him from like the 90s and in the changing. And we know how he gets into players and how he motivates players. And he knows how to manage individuals. He knows if someone needs a kick up the arse and he knows if someone needs an arm around the shoulder. And he's the master at it. He's, he's, he's a genius. And that's obviously now f- sort of filtered through to the players at Huddersfield. Um, 
Paul Ince is quite negative in his press conferences and we don't know if he's like that in the changing room or or what. I think we've discussed that before. We don't know if he says the same stuff, but is that in their heads? Is it, oh, we're not good enough because the manager doesn't think we're good enough or, you know, we're, we're coasting. I don't know. But like I said earlier, we've, we've just, we've gone to a point where we haven't had to fight and show that passion. I and mean, then suddenly the six points has hit us a few days ago. And I don't know if it's filtered through to them. And maybe now we've gone to the relegation zone, it might do. And we'll see that from from the next game, from Monday. Um, but it could be that. It could be that they've not sort of sunk into them. That they need to actually start fighting now. Because I don't think we necessarily had to up until this moment. Um, and I think that might be it. But I think there is the fight in there. I think we saw that last season at periods when we needed it. Um, when Ince actually came in. Um, we, you know, there's players like that were here. I think Carroll's got fighting him. I think Yeardom. Uh, I think Holmes and if we can get McIntyre back fit, they love the club, they'll fight. Um, so I, I think we've got the players that will do that. And I'd, I'll be on a fair as well. Jeff Hendrick, I think, will, you know, he puts in a shift. Joe Lumley, they, they want it. They want it. I don't think it's about fight. I think it's maybe sinking into this point structure now, now our perilous position as it is from, from yesterday. And it might give them a kick up the bum and make them realise we need to do what we did last season. That pulled us out of, out of the uh, danger zone um, over that Easter weekend last year. So, yeah, I think that that might be it. I think we might start seeing that fight come in. I, I hope. I hope I'm not wrong there, but yeah. Yeah, I think there's a there's an interesting thing which we've seen in terms of reaction from people, especially after yesterday, is that you know we've got a bunch of players who don't care at the club and aren't putting the effort in, and I, I don't really think that's particularly fair. Um, ultimately, I do think the players put effort in, and I do think they care on the field. There's a very stark difference to players who completely have down tools and, and aren't trying to what we're seeing. Um, I think the issue is we have a squad who are probably okay in terms of their quality, but unfortunately they've been coached in a way that is not really getting the best out of them in any way. Um, and because they're now not performing at the levels that people are expecting them to, we're getting the kind of comments that, you know, they don't care and they're, they're here for a paycheck and they'll all be off in summer anyway. When I, in reality, I, I don't really think that's, you know, right. Um, so I don't think we've necessarily accepted our fate. I just think it's a case of like, the, I think, as Nick said, I think that maybe the realisation hasn't quite sunk in for some of them. Um, and, you know, it's it, maybe it's going to sink in too late. Uh, if, you know, we've had a points deduction with, what, seven games to go, it's, it's not a lot of time for for people to get their heads around it within within the squad, unfortunately. No, no, unfortunately. Here's another one from uh, Andy Taylor. It feels like the last season at Elm Park when we went down under Tommy Burns. We won one game, but we were awful. But we had Sir John to steer us back gradually. I have little faith in Mr. Die. I mean, firstly, Andy, I do completely agree with all of that. Will he actually still be here if we go down, Alex? That That's the big question. Uh, I don't know, is the honest answer. Don't know. And I'll really be brutally honest. I don't really care if he's here or not. Uh, I'm fairly outspoken on the fact I think he's a pretty crap owner at this point. Don't really want him at the club anymore. Um, would happily back a protest that, you know, to have Dai Young sell up. And I know there's plenty of arguments around the fact of, you know, the club would be in administration within two minutes without him here and this, that and the other. But ultimately, lots of clubs in the past 15, 20 years have gone into administration. 
Um, and most, if not all, apart from Berry, um, which is kind of a bit of a different scenario because the owner refused to sell up, have found a buyer eventually. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he'll be here if we go down. Frankly, I hope not. And if we end up in administration and someone ends up having to come in and save us and buy us and we lose another 12 points in a different season, it feels inevitable anyway, realistically, whenever he leaves, that we're going to end up in administration to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he'll be here next season. I hope not. It's the honest answer. What do you think on it, Nick? Uh, yeah, I think the it's right to be concerned. I, I can't go back and talk about Tommy Burns's reign, um, Elm Park, because um, I started watching about ninety ninety eight. So uh, Tommy Burns, you was missed there. that glorious era, yeah. Nick. You really did. <laughs> yeah, I, I just missed it. So as uh, in just after that. So apologies for that that comparison. Um, but yeah, I, I think I pointed out about eighteen months ago that Die has killed off his other two clubs. Uh, I don't think he would worry about us if he needed to or wanted to pull the trigger on us we don't mean anything to him why would we mean more to him than maybe the team in belgium but why over the team in china where he's from you know um the dream for these owners and the dream for die is to get to the premier league and what he's done is he's come in and he's just thrown money he's seen wolves do it with an agent the year before and he's thrown money at an agent he's thrown money at crap and it's not worked and he's gone and got Ron Gourlay in and he's just made crap decisions and put the wrong people in charge. And it does seem like we're turning it around behind the scenes in some ways with what it looks like with Bowen, Carey, Dublin coming in. But we won't actually know if that's going to work. And it does look better. It does sound promising, but we won't know until next summer anyway and going into next season how that works out. So, And the other thing, of course, Nick, is that even though all these people have come in, if we go down, mm. it's a completely different scenario anyway. Yeah. Yeah, who are we going to bring in? How much are we going to get to spend? Uh, who are we going to have to sell? Or will we will we not be able to? You know, will he not be able to run the club anymore? Will he pull out? It's uh, it's it's concerning. It, it really is, and it's it's not even just that. It's general people who work at the club who will have to lose their job because of relegation as well. You know, just people in this club shop and ticketing and in marketing and and whatever. Uh, so it, it's worrying times with just general relegation, but and League One is a bloody tough league. Like Ipswich have been in there a few years, Sheffield Wednesday is in their second season, Bolton are doing okay now, but they've been in there. And you've, you've got a few other Charlton are like mid table, there's Portsmouth, there's very big teams in there. We won't just walk it, we could do, we could go up like we're going to be doing up and down, up and down, but we won't necessarily, we could end up mid table or lower. It, it's a real, um real concern personally but yeah hopefully i don't want him to pull out yet just because i, I personally don't want to go and i don't want to want to even risk a berry um but yeah i'd, I'd be happy for him to sell up 100 um it's been a disaster as i said on a few weeks ago on the podcast everything that's happened at the club is directly goes back to the owner um you can't deny that it's, it's just the facts isn't it so here's another one from, we're going to go on to the Paul Lynch back one uh, again, because how can we ignore this situation? From Ben Stevenson, simple, players or manager? Do the players want to play for him or does he generally have no plan B or any sort of tactics and structure? I think he does have a tactics and structure. It's just very negative. Uh, first 10 minutes yesterday, we played 
good football, played it all along the floor, no hoofball, score a good goal and sort of gave up. I think you pretty much summed it up there, Ben. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that, Alex, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the players do want to play for him because they're still behind him. You saw at the end of the game yesterday, Lumley, you know, kind of giving Club 1871, the, you know, not the bigger now, I don't know what the word for it is, but he's got, you know, calling for their support and Carroll obviously like, you know, saying we need to act as one, like to the fan afterwards. And it feels like they're all, you know, still backing each other and they still back Paul in. So I don't think it's that they don't want to play for him. I just think it's just the, the tactics and the coaching which he's employing into them is a bit shit. And there isn't really a, there isn't a plan B particularly. It's, I mean, there's barely a plan A, right? And that's the problem. Um, it's it's not that their players don't want to be there or don't care. It's just that the, the plan that they're employing is just not particularly good. No, I'd agree with that. I think the players do care. I think throughout the season, consistently, they have put in the effort. Um, there's lots of other reasons. There's there's problems, isn't there? But this is a reality check one here from James on relegation to League One. The EFL money, I believe, is distributed as follows. 80% gets divided in the championship. That goes down to 12% in League One. That's how bad it would be if we got relegated. People talk about us, oh, so it'd be okay, we can reset... It's not going to be that straightforward at all. People will lose their job straight away, Nick, in the kind of like back room, yeah. not like players. They'd go down by 40% their wages, but yeah. still, we've been in such a terrible position. The championship itself is an absolute financial shit show. It's teams with parachute payments or teams that have spent to get up to the Premier League or back to the Premier League or you know, not use the parachute payments to wind down into the championship, but uh, then get up. Like we're looking at West Brom are going to be in a, going to oblivion next season by the looks of it, you know? Um, but that's the big problem for me. There's, there's such a gap and you don't necessarily have to spend to do well. And you've seen Brentford and Brighton do it off good structures and good foundations. And now you're seeing these teams spend and spend and spend. We've seen Forrest doing it in the Premier League now. And they'll be a mess if they go down. But the problem is, is all these teams trying to chase this pipe dream or overspend from their parachute payments and not go back up. And there's now this, people saying there's a golf to the Premier League. I don't think there's necessarily a golf to the Premier League. I think there obviously is an ability, but if you're smart, you can build a team to still get the players in to keep you up there and then, you know, sort of establish yourself there. But if you don't go up, and then that golf to, if the golf now is League One to the Championship, as you said, the 12% from the 80%, that's for golf, not the championship to the Premier League. You can do that smart. But the League One to the Championship, I mean, we're looking at Luton and Rotherham with their budgets. Luton are built really well, to be fair. Rotherham look like they might survive now, probably will. Um, so it's doable. But that, that's for golf there. The, the jump up from League One to the, the pipe dream owners like die. And it's, yeah, these teams, all these, and it's big teams. This is West Brom. This is, I can't even think now, Stoke have been spending a lot. Um, but these are the teams that are going to be in trouble. These are big teams. And then you see the teams like Luton and Rotherham are coming up and doing fair and better now. And Millwall, look at Millwall, Preston. They run well and they're, they're fine. And maybe, yeah, they might not get promoted, but they're up there and they're mid-table. They're not struggling. It's, um, yeah, that, that drop in finance is, is the issue. But it's the championship for me. It's a financial mess. And the EFL need to do something about it. Uh, yeah, don't disagree with Nick. It's very difficult to very difficult to get out of this league because every team spends money which they don't really have and the whole division is basically just a complete clusterfuck in terms of finances um i got two questions here i'll, I'll throw the first one out for you uh, paul 
why don't we play a right back at left back and then a central midfielder at left wing when we had both of these positions on the bench yesterday uh, once so two people asked this sam and jack both asked this fuck knows I don't understand it. I don't get it. I understand why you want to get Yudem on the pitch because he's experienced. I get that completely. But you look at what we had yesterday and Benge, I mean, he's a young player. It's hard for him. So I'm not going to like pull him apart or anything. But yesterday he had a really poor game. And this can happen. He's also had good ones. He but you've got Guinness Walker on the pitch, on the subs bench as well, who you can bring on and he can have an impact going forward. And what are we dramatically missing for months and months and months, well, basically all season really, is the ability to attack. And we just can't do it. Maybe we will concede a goal because none of our left-backs can defend. We all know that. But at least he's got something going forward. So I, I don't understand it at all. The, I mean, ultimately, I think the answer is he doesn't trust his young players. He doesn't trust Aziz. He doesn't trust Guinness Walker. He, he doesn't really trust a briefer particularly, hence the reason he's getting three minutes at the end of games. Um, he doesn't really trust Tyrese Fauna because he's only played, what, 10 games this season. Basically, he, he likes trust age. Cassidy now, though, and he's very young. Doesn't have a choice, does he? I think. Yeah, he's still playing him, though, isn't he? Let's he see on Monday once Loom is once Loom comes back from his suspension. Let's see if he's still playing on Monday. If um, T Mac come back, he could definitely play ahead of him. I mean, I'd no no slight on T Mac. I think um he's a player he would be given hundred percent. And you know, oh dear, let's not get into that rabbit hole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this this question is uh maybe a little bit more I was gonna say fun, it's not fun at all. Um, but Nick, if we'd gone down I don't know if this is the right number of years, but if we'd gone down four or five years ago under under Paul Clement, would we be doing better now as a club than we are going to be potentially if we go down this year? That's a tough question. I, I think I think maybe we would have fared better in League One because we would have had I don't know actually. We would have had Elise, Loader. Yeah, uh, we can give these players a chance and they would have done well. But this next season, I feel like we're starting whatever league we're in next season, we're going to be doing a bit of a rebuild. We just don't know how we're going to do it and what we're going to bring in yet. Um, and who's going to be in charge? If Paul Lintz is in charge, then yeah, I'd probably say that we would have done fair better dropping under Clement. Um, yeah, it's tough. I think maybe because maybe Di would have stuck around a bit longer. Um, but then we would have still ended up in the same position because we were already giving out these big contracts, which just put us in this and not selling players. So I think either way, we were going to end up in this mess at some point at this time. Um, and at least we're in the championship at the end of this restriction period. And we, if we drop into League One and it's over, we can rebuild. Whereas last time we could have been in League One or League Two, then get the restrictions, end up in the National League, right? So... Yeah, maybe I'd say now, just because we're up for restrictions and we can at least rebuild and before we would have ended up in restrictions anyway, regardless. So, yeah. We wouldn't have, yeah. We wouldn't have signed Lucas Yao or George Puskas in that That's summer. Well, Puskas I like Lucas Yao, but I've got to say on the, the other, the last question is, um, if we're in League One, we wouldn't have a lease anyway because he wouldn't have signed that contract. So, True. he would be there. I think we should wrap this one up. Um, I really appreciate all your questions and... Let's just hope the next episode of post-match is a little bit more upbeat. Um, if I'm it starts with this is a downbeat episode again, I'm going to switch off, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, we will see then. Uh, so thanks a lot. If you appreciate our efforts, I'm not going to say enjoy because you can't enjoy this. 
if you do give us a five star review on spotify or apple and we will be recording a little mini preview for the preview for the preview for the uh, preston match i've lost it right at the end so thanks a lot cheers <laughs>